Hello everyone, March 1st, 2022. This is Bonnell with the Insurrection Podcast. January 6th, the Insurrection Podcast. And <laughs> I'm going to start out today by saying that I had a whole episode in the can and ready to post and Microsoft decided to do what Microsoft does best, which is delete files and then doesn't give you the option to find that. Thank you, Microsoft. But, you know, I wasn't really happy with that one anyway because I sounded um, winded, which I am. Um, I don't know why, but... to start this one out by saying loose lips sink ships and the reason I'm saying that is because most recently Dum Dum 45 decided to get on the world stage and say that our adversary is um, smart and a genius and savvy to our adversary communist country. You know, that within itself is treasonous. And Mitt Romney got on the board the other day and was kind of talking about what Dum Dum 45 was saying. And he also said that it was, what, you know, what did he say? He didn't exactly say it. He said that it was almost like treason. And I was shocked by his somewhat admission to what Dum Dum 45 called an adversary of ours. And I'm always shocked by that, that he has the ability to say the things that he does on the world stage, because you know, now that he has his own network and his own social uh, link, um, you know, he's he's out there on the daily saying the things that he says and I'm going to keep saying this until I die loose lips sink ships it's a naval term it really is somewhat self-explanatory not that much uh, needs to be um, thought about I mean if your lips are loose that means they're flapping away which is what his does and they flap away quite often so as I mentioned, I had a whole 45-minute session ready to go, and unfortunately, it was deleted. So this is take two. <laughs> so bear with me on this whole so, uh, episode. Uh, so I wanted to start by saying that January 6th committee has subpoenaed six new people, and. I'll have their names available later, but for the most part, that's six new people, and these are the people that were trying to subvert the election by sending in false um, electoral votes, and then were sent to the archives, which is illegal, and six of the people, you know, a wide-ranging mix of attorneys, and I'll say that again, they're attorneys, and most of them went to Ivy League schools, and I'm still baffled uh, as to why 
some people who go to these universities um, have the ability to just do stupid. And this is just another example of it. And I keep professing that just because you go to an Ivy League institution doesn't make you a good administrator, government administrator. That's all I'm saying. Um, you can slice that dice up however you want, but what I'm saying is that the majority of attorneys that are working in this circle um, are attorneys and from Ivy League schools. And I'm trying to understand how that happens. Uh, but anyway, on a lighter note, so today um, they announced that there that's the first trial um, of an individual who was involved in the January 6th uh, insurrection attack on the Capitol. And so this is kind of a benchmark case for how they're going to try other guilty parties and his name is Guy Reffitt from Texas and I was astonished to hear that the guy actually had a gun he was he had a gun when he was at the Capitol and I don't know about you but I don't carry a gun when I go to a meeting or somewhere where I'm not expected to have one um, so why he had a gun, um, it's plain and simple. He went there to shoot someone. And whether he did or didn't, he still had it. And he still had intent. So we can try to figure that whole scenario out. But it's clear that he had a weapon and he was going to use it. It just was a matter of circumstance that he didn't. So he's guilty on that part. Um, and he was from Texas. I don't understand why Texas people think that they have to carry a gun wherever they go. It's the 21st century. You really need to uh, leave it in your drawer um, or carry, carry it around with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So um, I was reading about um, our latest fun group um, of attorneys who were in the 45th administration and uh, Peter Navarro and Michael Flynn, you know, they're always in the media and it's never um, in defense of our country, it's in defense of uh, them and the 45th administration. Um, so Peter Navarro, um, you know, this case went to trial and they were trying to say that he had executive privilege and that he was allotted so and that he wouldn't be able to um, say anything because uh, the current president Biden is not his um, commanding officer and therefore, you know, he's only going to listen to Trump. And uh, he's wrong, so he uh, is appealing and the latest quote was he said he'll see you at the Supreme Court. So, of course, because he's guilty, he's got to go to the Supreme Court for them to figure out whether he is guilty or not. And, um, you know, besides that, he's saying that the committee and Biden is a regime. I thought that was an interesting choice of words, a regime. Um, they're not a regime. Um, they are an administration, uh, like you were, and 
they're doing what you were supposed to be doing, which is your job, not subverting the Constitution. And that is Mr. Peter Navarro. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. He's that guy that uh, is very jittery and looks guilty. He's the Green Bay uh, surprise guy that was plotting um, the transfer of power process and now he's trying to hide uh, what he did which is kind of sad so that happened today and another thing that he said was that it was a witch hunt that the committee is a witch hunt I don't know why they use this term witch hunt you know they he used that uh, 45 used that term um, the last time they tried his impeachment that it was a witch hunt no um, it's not a witch hunt it is a um, it is a process to try to get the truth and when you're guilty you can say whatever you want and you picked witch hunt but um, it's not it is a committee that is trying to understand the the crime that had happened um, and then of course you know Michael Flynn he's right in there with him you know saying uh, the things that he says and I'm trying to understand why continually allowed to um, be be free. I mean, they really should, like I said before about Ivanka, they should have a boot, they should uh, be confined, they should be fined every day. I mean, it should be down the line. And the committee is now subpoenaing, sub, they subpoenaed, <laughs> I don't know if there's a word, subpoenaing, they subpoenaed, I'm going to say their names, Coletta Mitchell, Kenneth Cheesebro, that's a good name, Catherine Fries, Kurt Olson, Philip Klein, and Christina Bob. These are the people that Trump hired uh, to subvert the transfer of power on January 6th. They're the ones that uh, sent in the um, fake electoral fake electoral documents and they these are the people that did it and uh, there's more because I've talked about them and there definitely are more these are just the people who signed on the dotted line they're not the ones who created the document they very well could be but I don't think they were the ones that um, created the documents they're the ones that signed on the dotted line that they were the um, actual um, electors um, that were supposed to submit their documentation for their state on the election. Those are new subpoenas that just came out. And I did some research. The first one, I just, you know, the, the female, her name's Coletta Mitchell. And she um, has a long history uh, in law. And she's actually really um, popular uh, where she practices and went to Harvard you know Harvard keeps popping up in this um, in this crime 
I don't know why, but it is. And I remember when I was talking about a few of the other senators that went to the Ivy League schools and they um, they keep making the wrong decisions that are not good for the country. I had to change my recording location and um, I'm outside shirtless because it's hot and I'm always amazed by how people today that when you're in public um, and you're in an open space that other people that are walking will walk directly towards you and I never understood that why are you walking towards me when I'm walking in a public space it's pretty open you know I'm saying that I'm the only person in this space in a park but yet people feel like they have to walk towards you and I don't understand I was having this conversation with a friend the other day that was in town and and I said I could go anywhere in public that is kind of an open space like a park or even a, a sidewalk or off a sidewalk off a beaten path and I'll just be standing there by myself and all of a sudden there'll be somebody or a group of people that are walking towards me and I'm like why are they walking towards me like this is a big open space go walk in a different direction right why would you walk towards me like a straight line towards me because I'm watching you walk towards me during a pandemic it makes no sense. And it so it is around noon in the United States, and I just got news that the Russians are now in Kiev, and there are loud explosions all over the city. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. And let's not forget about dum dub 45 and about how he tried to get Zelensky, who's the current president, um, to do the things that he did. What was his motivation? Why was he, you know, I always say that. What is his end game? What, besides Biden, the stuff that he wanted on Biden, there was, there's a motivation and a reason why Trump was trying to get Zelensky to incri incriminate himself via a bribe. You know, because we were going to give him money to support them, da, da 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 He didn't want to. So, you know, where was he getting his advice from? I think that really is the key here of, of how we can better understand Trump's position and um, why he um, was trying to uh, subvert policy uh, during uh, that negotiation where... Uh, where Vindman and you know all these other people uh, were introduced, what was his motivation? Why was he doing what he was doing? Not because he didn't want to give him money. What what was his motivation? What was his end game? What was that? What was it that he wanted out of that negotiation, and why? I think if we had that that answer. We would now understand why Ukraine is being bombed and why Putin is bold enough to do what he's doing. And, you know, he's cuckoo and I don't even talk about him. Maybe I'll get into him later. But, you know, what was his motivation for doing what he did? And I think this is a good uh, 
a good time to kind of take a deeper dive into that whole um, scenario and that impeachment to get a better understanding of why we are in the middle of a war between Putin and Zelensky, Ukraine and Russia. I mean, I think that would be a good um, a good thesis to understand that whole situation. Because, you know, right now we're in the middle of a war. So what, what is, what, why did that all happen? And then that'll get, give us a, a better understanding of why Dum Dum 45 uh, was doing what he was doing when he was doing it. Um, because it happened, right? I know the people on the other side, they don't think that it happened, but it did. So with that, everyone, I'm going to sign off for right now. i got to uh, run, um, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye.